0: The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and in game changers about what drives them.
1: All right, let's get on to, to, to what we came to talk about today. So uh, I'm actually going to introduce this, Um I'm going to introduce <laughs> it following the name that I creatively came up with. Uh, I was messaging someone this morning, I had this massive brainwave for what I could call this segment of the show, and it's going to be called The Green Room. Um, for anyone that's, <laughs> that that can see Chrissy's face when I said that, yes, the green room was Chris's idea. Um, yeah, the green room. So basically, every week I'm gonna there's going to be someone coming on bi-weekly. Hopefully, it'll be Chris joining me, and in between there'll be other instructors coming on to join me to talk about the news from the week, the opinions, uh, and just what's going on in the industry. Um, as we record in this one, uh, this is released on Thursday. Oh, dear me. The fifth, I think it'll be, whatever date that is. But Thursday, going forward, these will all be uh, behind a paywall. There'll be snippets that'll put out on the other shows, but you want to listen to this, you will have to pay something on Patreon, with which there'll be a link somewhere for you to find probably the show notes. Um, But for now, we're going to look at the green room. So let's talk about some of the news since... I lasted a podcast, which was about five weeks ago. Chris, is there anything in particular you would like to start off with in the news for our industry?
0: Well, I think we're all a little bit further forward in the queue, yes.
1: <laughs> but it's
0: still there. Um, I, I'm hearing lots of different numbers of, of how how bad the situation is. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be the one responsible for trying to solve this queue of, of tests queue of learners they didn't take me up on my suggestion which is we stop birthdays during lockdown (laughs) so nobody was allowed to turn 17 i i thought it was genius um the the queue's getting bigger and you know it's we're we're still at risk and you know there, there are a lot of instructors saying you know no that's it we've had it we're you know masks have gone i'm doing it you know in the way that i want to do it and i respect their ability to do that because it's the job we're in we're running our own businesses but uh i personally think that you have to look at the legality of things of if it goes wrong if there are issues if the dvsa are still saying masks and such then you know there's an argument to say that we we should be following suit um and until all of that changes, so until all of those restrictions have gone, it, it, it's an almost impossible exercise. I can't see a solution. And I love finding solutions to things. It's the job we're in. So we've got 400,000 to possibly a million tests that we're actually behind if we look at the the introduction of new people learning along the way because they are continuing to turn 17 um uh they are recruiting for more instructors uh, sorry for more examiners um they have extended the uh the application process which is code for we haven't had any applications we yeah. haven't had enough i do know instructors that are looking at it um i've helped some with you know with applications strange process when you're applying for a civil service job um and you know i i know there's some some instructors that i would love to see as examiners that possibly won't make the cut because of the process um so they're trying to do that there are potential you know rumors of changes going on which i you know if if, if and when I, I hear anything official i will i will pass that in your direction i'm i'm not a rumour mill person i don't like to be but they it's being looked at I can say that much um, for absolute certain, um, and you know, hopefully there will be more test availability. If we if we can get more, you know, if there's more tests available, we can do more tests. That that sounds fairly logical, doesn't? it? Um, what do you think, Terry? What? Do you, what how do, how do we get rid of the queue? Is it, except that for you know, saying to a couple of hundred thousand people, you're never allowed to drive because you were born inside of yeah. <laughs> these days?
1: Well. I mean, before I give my sort of opinion on that, have you, are any of your test centres a part of this trial that's going on?
0: Wait, uh, wait, which trial? Moving
1: times forward. Have you seen that?
0: No, I don't think I've right. seen, seen anything official of
1: it. I only know because uh, one of my local tests centres, the horse is, is part of the trial. And basically the students I've got horse with have all received an email saying their test may be moved forward up to half an hour. And okay. one of my students whose test was at seven minutes past nine had their test move forward to five minutes past nine. So it got moved forward right. by two minutes. Now, the only take I can read on that is if they're bringing that forward by two minutes, they can bring the next one forward by four minutes and then the next one forward okay. by six. And if they can do that with all the tests, they are potentially squeeze an extra test done at the end of the day. Okay. Um, and I think there was a list of 20 I think it was a list of 20 test centers that are doing it. I could be wrong with that. Um, But Horsworth was definitely on it, which is my local one. And I don't quite know how I feel about that. Uh, They're trialing it. So I don't think they're putting extra test dates on now. I think they're moving the tests forward to see how it works, how it impacts their day. Yeah. But if you could add an extra test on every day for the examiner across the country, that's quite a a big inroad straight away. Um, but again, we'll see how that works. Um, and it just amused me when my student sent me a message panicking, saying, I don't know if my test has been cancelled. Because the email she got initially said, Your test has been cancelled and then rescheduled for 9.05. So she's then um, yes. panicking, just saw the word cancel. Um, but yeah, so that hopefully will make an inroad. In, in terms of me, uh, my opinion on the whole thing, there's not an awful lot that, that the DVSA can do. You know, we can criticize them all they want, but they are work- oh, we will, working. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they are getting people working Saturdays. They are getting people working Sundays. They are trying to do stuff. They are trying to recruit examiners. But there's n- what can they do? They can't just say, right, you examiners are going to start doing 15 tests a day. It, there's not a lot they can do in that sense. The only thing that I can think of potentially, and, and this is harsh in itself, but is, is to stop theory tests. You stop the theory test, you stop the, there's a lot of downside to this as well, but that's the bottleneck in, in that yeah. sense, because they're flooding in from the theory test. Because up here, I can get students booking theory tests in two weeks. That There's no backlog up here where yeah. I am for theory tests, but I've got one of those um, temporary centers in Leeds as well, where they can get people in. So there's no yeah. backlog for that. So people are flooding through that, but then they can't get into a test. So if you shut down theory tests, yeah. even if it was just for a month or two months, that's going to stop a lot of people coming into the system. Again, you would then have to reopen those floodgates. But I think that would make an impact. I think that's that's the only thing I can think of that they can actually do. Because even with the apps and stuff that, that people massively complain about, and I'm not the biggest fan of, they're still only booking tests. And if the apps weren't doing it, there would be people on it doing it anyway.
0: Oh, I... Oh yes, sorry. Two, two to subjects there. Um, on the theory front, I think the the theory test is potentially a positive bottleneck. Um, and and as you say, by restricting that more, by stopping them and and you know not getting rid of them, but stopping stopping the the process to then relieve pressure on practicals, and and then you're letting that kind of come through again it separates the queue. I don't think it necessarily changes the scenario, but it, it definitely removes some of that pressure to clear through people who aren't successful first time. Mm. So, cause that's where we often see that real issue, isn't it? You're all right. You can plan ahead for a test. I'll find you a test. But if you fail on Friday, um, and I'm looking at six months before I can get you a test, you know, if I work really hard or use, use an app and I'll come back to those in a second, um, you know, I managed to get you one in three months that's still trying to maintain standards, trying to work with diaries, that's still a challenge. Um, and it, yeah, it, there is no straightforward system. I, I was a big supporter of not extending the theory test on a societal basis. I th- I always say you've got two approaches. You can look at things as an individual, you can look at things as a society and when you look at it on an individual basis, when I've got one of my, particularly my, my um, SEN pupils who have really struggled to pass that theory, and that certificate is coming to an end, my heart bleeds for them. It It's, you know, they've tried to so, work so hard to get there, and they've got to retake it, I, I 100%. As part of the big system and the big problem, I think having those theory tests having to be retaken, created, a smaller version of what you're suggesting so I, th- I think actually as the the bigger picture it probably was a better a better situation um and I, I feel always feel for people on the the edges of the of the bell curves that you know they they end up catering to that bit in the middle um regarding the the booking apps uh, i know the dvsa are desperately trying to stop them having so much control the the dVsa if they want to move a test they are at risk of a booking app grabbing it mm. so this you know they 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 take take one out and by the time they go to put the other one back in it's gone again um and they have their own strategies inside of their system for doing it but that's it's affecting them as well um the the issue is with so many apps now because it seems like an easy thing to do, uh, and and you've got you know people that are far cleverer than I, um, with with coding and such, creating different systems to get around firewalls and, and everything else that's been put in place. The problem is when there was one or two of these systems, that's all right because they'd grab it, offer it to someone, put it back again. But now it's like the the view of of you know, Black Friday um, in in America where you've seen all punching each other in the face to try and get the cheap TV because there's so many people wanting that one item. And because of all these systems fighting for it, that's causing there to be no availability because it's constantly held in the limbo of the 15-minute waiting, you know, on hold period while you get in touch, supposedly get in touch with your instructor, see whether it's, it's convenient with them and then book it. To make sure that you you, you know you you're making good use of it. Um, therefore, I don't like the the booking apps. I think that I, they're a necessary evil because if everyone else is using them, then we'll have to use them as well. But I, I do think that they caught they're causing more of a problem than you know. And then the other one is that f- for me, this would be a, a, a viable solution or step towards. Um, is the people who are who've just passed their theory but haven't had a single lesson yet booking a practical test because they know there's going to be a long waiting list? And what they're not realizing, or at least they're not um, changing their actions because of, is that they're causing the backlog because then my 10 pupils who are ready for a driving test can't get a test because all the people further back in the queue time, timeline um, have got tests that are holding up that. So I think, um, and it's something I've, I've been a fan of for a while, driving instructors should have to sign off a certificate to say that that person is of a standard, whatever that standard is set at, and then they can book. Now, you don't have to learn with the driving instructor, but you do have to get an instructor to sign you off um you know and so you go out and do an assessment Uh, there's similar situations in other places ireland brought in a system which some people like some don't where there was a set number of hours that had to be assessed and yes you get the issue of it gets signed off down the down the pub um you know here's some money can you sign off my assessments you're always going to get those those things But actually, if there had to be a certificate to get a standard, at least we could start saying to people, "You're not ready yet." You know, let's have the people who are ready at the front of the queue, and and then you've got some kind of triage going on because of it. So that that's my, you know, my offering to the to the DVSA of of bringing something in, won't happen. Yeah, you have to trust driving instructors for that.
1: Yeah, I mean. The two points you made there that I I agree on, and I think we're in the minority, the, the first one you said about not extending theory tests, I was, initially I was, was what fell into the flock of, yeah, it's not fair, let's extend them. And then when I took a step back, I, I switched because they're there for a reason. That two-year period is there for a reason. And and yes, it's harsh that you have to take your test again, but like the guys that were running out of mind, and I just said to them, when did you last look at your theory? And it was two years ago. It's like, well, this is why. This is why that's there. And I was of the belief that they shouldn't have to pay for it again. It's not their fault, but they should have to take it again. It shouldn't be a financial penalty for them for for lockdown. So I agree with that. And I do think we're in the minority there. Um, and when I put that when, when up, <laughs> so I'm just remembering I put a post in my Facebook group for my students. Oddly enough, my students disagreed with that, <laughs> that take. You um,
0: surprise me. Yeah.
1: But the other one you mentioned there about, again, instructors sign off, that's something I've advocated for a while. Um, I say advocate, I don't really speak about it, but the, the people I speak to that, summer so I back up and like you were saying it could get signed off down the pub. Well, why not make instructors accountable? You know, it's right. So it's you're accountable now. You know, they take down your reference number when you go for a test. So, but if you sign them off, it's even more official. You're almost vouching for that person at that point. You're putting your name to that person. So when you do that, that person could then almost be tracked. You know, what was the test like, and you know what for the two years after the test, what penalties have they got? What accidents have they been in? And and as much as you can't be held responsible, it can still yeah. be monitored. And but just like you said, then but there's always going to be some that escape the net. I'm not going to mention names on this, but there was a lad uh, a couple of weeks ago. I it just right okay. I'm going to got careful our phrases. For a while, they'd been telling me what they'd lessons, and he was having lessons with his granddad. And it was a decent. It could, you know, when they can drive, they just can't drive safely. It, it was like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, and they can operate a car.
1: Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. my granddad's been driving 50 years, so I think he knows, so I don't need lessons with you. I just want your car for test. I'm like, And we'd had lessons previously. And I'm like, no, that's that's not how it works. Was, let's do an assessment. We'll just do an hour, and I'll give you some honest feedback. I, I was in a different car at the time. I was in the temporary car because mine had been crashed. Um, and at the end of lesson, uh, sorry, at the start of lesson, I said to him, so are we under agreement that if we do this mock test or assessment that, and we're finding several serious or dangerous faults that you're not ready to do your test. Like, yeah, fully agree with that. Anyway, no blind spot checks, not signaling to come off mirrors, you know, all, all the, the normal stuff is not wrong lane, try to go right around about and all this kind of stuff. So points all out to him, we, we talked through it. And I said, do you remember at the start of lesson when we said, if you got these faults, you're probably not ready for test, he says, yeah. I said, do you think you're ready for testing?" test? He goes, yeah. I'm like, how? how? How can you get this from what we've just said? Yeah. And his response was, well, I'm going to practice with my granddad in between. And I said to him, and I was kind of being honest and a little bit generous, I said, look, you've got your test in two weeks. If you have a lesson with me next week and a lesson before your test, I'm happy for you to go because I do think you can brush this stuff up. I do, because you've got control of the car. I says, but you need somewhere. Um If you don't, I'm not taking you. But then he said that he didn't want to call me anyway because he didn't like my new car. So I thought, well, (laughs) it's not my decision now. But he went with a different instructor and passed. And I asked him afterwards what he'd had in terms of lessons, and he said nothing. Just been out with my granddad. And he said to me, Yeah, can I put it on your Facebook page? I didn't give him this answer. I really hope he's not listening. I didn't give him this answer. I worded it differently. I was a bit more polite, but I just... My thought was, no, because when you kill someone in two weeks, I don't want you on my page. And I think that's where it comes down sometimes to this idea of signing people off, because we've all seen that picture of that kid with his his pass certificate where he's he's putting his makeup bill, and my instructor said I couldn't do it. So I think that's the hard bit with that. But, you know, you've got to make tough decisions sometimes.
0: But the... Based on the assessment that we gave, same as the driving test, based on the assessment that we gave, y- you showed the faults that sh- that you, that you weren't ready. You know, there were errors there that were critical enough that you're not ready. If you then go and put that hard work in, I you know I, I respect that. Yeah. Um. Equally, on the day of the driving test, the examiner says no, they're not ready. Actually, no. They're not ready on the driving test, but get take them out and drive normally and they'll be fine. It's the test that, you know, that there's been a change. So you get this. It, it, it's a little bit like how long does it take to cook, cook a turkey? It'll always, t- sorry, or a vegan equivalent. Whatever <laughs> it is. Um, it, it'll always take longer on Christmas Day because everybody's cooking turkeys. So, you know, depending on, it's all about timeline. It's all about pressures. And and it's 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 that same thing that you've got to take into account. And it, it is. Uh, I I've, while we're doing this, I've just had a message from uh, one of our PDIs who passed his part three. Um, Congratulations I did, to I wanted, that PDI. I've wanted to message him this morning, um, and I don't I don't do good luck because it, it you put the hard work in, go and do it. That's it. I d- I don't want luck to be part of it. I appreciate it is, um, but actually you've got the the things you need just go and do it and then tell me that you've done it and we'll celebrate afterwards um and yeah you know it, it's the pressures on the day that you don't know how how you're going to perform differently and and it's the hardest thing for instructors to learn is am I happy that that person isn't of a standard or am I not can I get them there in however many weeks which is even harder with waiting lists being what they are because you're trying to forward predict x number of months, and trying to make that plan fit that that schedule, um, and you don't know how that person's going to behave and and how they're going to respond, and if you, if you, they're going to be absolutely brilliant, and then you get them to sixty miles an hour and they bottom out, and they can't do more than sixty, it's like driving a you know one litre coarser up a whacking great hill they're not so bad nowadays but back when i first started being an instructor um you got to put in one of those and it was lovely until you were yeah a, a, a gradient which for anyone who's doing their theory gradient means hill and it's a word that the dvsa insist on using anyway um so uh yeah it is you know it, it's all about those different factors and it is such a difficult bit of the job i had a, an american guy who i who didn't check his mirrors didn't look anywhere, just drove in a straight line. You know, it was all, everything in front of him. And I said, not a hope, but, you know, so can you move the test? And he took it the next week and he got a clean sheet. Um, I just said, we clearly covered it enough in that two hours that we were together, <laughs> that you could then go away. And, 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 and it made those changes, whether they lasted or not, don't know. Yeah. Which is That's the other thing you said about it not being about the driving test day. Let's look at the, the, the things that, that go on afterwards. Um, I always remember watching um, a, a medical um, documentary where when something goes wrong, they get all of the knowledgeable people in the room and they backward engineer what went wrong. You know, how do we learn better for next time? So it's not, it's not to beat instructors with. It's not saying, you know, how many people do you teach crash their car? because statistically they will, it's saying, you know, what are you doing right and what are you do, What could you do differently to make less people crash their car? And, and, you know, we, we want it to – I don't want anybody to crash. But I live in the real world. Let's make those safe crashes. Let's make them the dings, the knocks, and the, and the things that, you know, that they hopefully learn quick enough once they're out in the real world and, and making their own choices. Um, and, and yeah, I, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of things that we can kind of change and work on.
1: I also think that uh, this is slightly away from what we're talking about, but I think that if we made account, made instructors more accountable, and obviously I'm including myself in that, that's going to deter some people from coming into profession. Cause we, as much as I was saying before about there being some really good people in this profession, there are some you know people that aren't so good so if it deters those people that are just coming in it and have no interest that have no care that do the old do what i say not what i do thing then it might deter some of that and actually filter out and it's like you said it's not about using that to beat the instructors with it's right where's the problem coming from and if i send 10 students to test between now and the end of the year and all 10 of those students fail, and all 10 of those students get 15, 16 minors, and all 10 get free dangerous falls, I expect a kick in, because that's 10. That's all of them. You know, it's, it, no one's saying ever, right, well, if you send three out of 10 people here, and they fail on a dangerous fault, no one says that. That's the stuff we create in us brain.
0: But what you would want, and, and you know, those instructors that you want out there would want, is to know how to be better. Yeah to go i've all right yes i acknowledge that these people are there how do i how do i change that how you know it's not it's the carrot not the stick it's the solution not the problem you know it's fine to work a problem as long as you're working the problem towards a solution Um, dwelling on a problem and living in that problem is is not beneficial to anybody it's about going all right how do we fix this um you know so often people will phone up and they're complaining about something or there's a problem and it's this happened and this person did this and I'm not happy about it because of this and they hurt my feelings and and all of those things that go on during which I've sent an email got a reply and said I fixed it you know because I'd rather work a solution and I you know it's not that I don't care about feelings feelings are really important but it's not fair is not the answer that you need um you know there's lots of these it's not fair situations covid was full of them you know the the pandemic and lockdown and it wasn't fair but let's work work a solution let's find how we get people back into work how we get things working how we deal with the government and
1: and yeah and and my thought on that is uh again and i know that a lot of people will disagree with this but i've just mandatory cpd I think that it should be tracked. I think that it should be online and you should record everything you do. And I don't know how much, I don't know how little, but there should be something set out there. This is what you need to do to maintain your badge. Um, And obviously it shouldn't be a ridiculous amount. You know, you couldn't say, right, you need to do six hours a week of this. You know, it could just be one thing a year. But that's going to help people keep up to scratch. It's going to help keep people up to date. It might even reduce the need for as many standard checks. Because if you're doing the, that that same, if you're continuing developing, it's going to improve.
0: I, I, I'm i I'm going to make two very unpopular statements. Um, <laughs> Looking
1: forward to these. <laughs> uh,
0: and, um, yes, number one, mine's a little bit more blunt than yours, of, of accountability. Um Uh, The badge should be £400 a year, not every, you know, every four years or whatever it is. Um, I think if you push that up, it would mean people need to do it as a a viable business option. It would be a cost. You know, we look at our car and we go, that's going to be this amount of money every, every, every month. Whether you buy it or lease it is irrelevant. It's this amount of money and I need to make that pay. Because I've got to be making money because we're doing a job, we're running a business. Well, however, you look at it, we are. So, you know, I, I would go put the badge price up. It's too cheap, uh, which I know is a conversation we had recently um, a, a be- about, you know, how, how much do you charge people to be involved in, in something like the DITC? Um, and yeah, I, I think when it comes to the job, actually, let's have a professional cost on things so that people will deliver because they have to and then I would go the other way um I would go with a standards check every year but not the standards check that we've got which I love um and you know if anyone wants to understand the standards check uh the the YouTube video that uh, I did with Bob and uh, and Howard, um I refer to it as a as a cooking show, and uh, I'm I'm loving that at the moment. So check that one out. But the standards check at the moment, brilliant. We'll have one of those. Then year two, maybe we'll have a theory test. So you just have to resit a theory test of a, a relevant theory test because I think some of it isn't relevant, but something that's relevant, some kind of theory test. Then we'll have uh, a part two style advanced driving test or rosper or iam or diamond or cardington you know a test of of, of a highest standard recognized standard um so we'll have have that in there as well so that's there's three and then the fourth one you get to choose you've just got to do something and i don't care what it is you could sit down and listen to the whole of series one of the instructor podcast and i would be quite happy with someone who did that um i totally respect them for having you know really taken one for the team but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but you you if you if, if that's what you're going to do and you go right this is where i'm going to get benefit i will find something that gives me benefit you're not allowed to do the same thing twice in a row yeah so each cycle it's got to be something different. Uh, my son's starting a new secondary school. We went along and the deputy head, I think he is, um, but you know, one of the top guys, uh, he said, we don't expect them to like everything. We expect them to try everything. He said, it's like Marmite. You don't know if you like or hate it, love or hate it until you've tried it. We expect you to try it. And that's what we're all about. As long as you're trying, we're happy. And they offer awesome stuff they've got a working kitchen um where the public can come in and be served food uh, cooked by the students they've got a climbing wall up the outside of the building so they can go and do you know climbing and abseiling they they've got army cadets they you know, all of those things there is a massive lot of variety before he starts the school in september they've got a four-day summer school two days of which i'm so jealous they're doing bushcraft <laughs> out in tents learning how to make traps and and tools and cook on a fire and make the fire you know try it if he comes back and says i never want to go in a tent ever again and for the rest of my life, i'm happy because my back i'm getting old i can't take it but he's tried it that's what i think we should be enc- that's what cpd is for me it's about going out and either identifying a problem that you need a solution to and then finding a solution or about experiencing something new so that you can you can grow that way. So I will go for every year. There should be some kind of um, requirement for every instructor and charge them more, which I don't think either is going to be a popular suggestion. The I,
1: I think that's interesting the way you phrase that, actually is not being a popular suggestion because I think they will be with some people. Like what you just said to me, I would be happy with that. I would. They'd be saying I'd be happy to pay more is the wrong way to phrase it, but I would be I wouldn't have a problem with paying that a year because I am paying for that license. And I know that you know people will say that other industries don't do Well, we're not other industries. Some industries do, some don't. We're this industry. You know, we, we this is the industry we've chosen to be in for whatever reason. We've chosen to be in this one. This is how we do it. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um again, you charge someone 400 pounds a, a year, that's five or a week. Is it, we spend more than that in magazines, you know. So it, well, coffee, coffee, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and then the other one, um, I like that idea. I, I'm sure that there's ways to adapt it and and, and other stuff. But as a, a, the genesis of an idea of sort doing something every year, I like them. the The other podcast I do for the students, which is the five minute theory, there's stuff that I'd forgotten, that I didn't realize I'd forgotten doing that it's like oh yeah i'd forgotten that and it's if we had to retake that that would be beneficial for everyone now yes i know there are people out there that will listen to this and say you're an instructor you should know every single question on that theory and every single page of the highway code yeah bollocks that's not me um (laughs) i can't do that it's impossible but that's why i've got a highway code so i can refer back to it and keep as updated as i can but it's been interesting doing that and you mentioned the um like advanced driving i I took the the Institute of Advanced Motorists one a couple of years ago. It was before lockdown, so it must have been 2019. And I failed on on, on sound like a student in this on one thing. I failed, um, and it was gesticulating, and I didn't realise I did it. And it turns out I do it more when I'm nervous because when I was having the training beforehand, I never got mentioned. I even went back to the guys that were with me and said, "Don't remember you doing it." But on my test, I was pointing all over when I was talking. He says at one point you had both hands off at wheel pointing in different places. I'm like, and I did not it's realize I was doing thing.
0: it.
1: Yeah. yeah. and But because of, now I never went back and took it again, actually. But because of that, I now do it less because I'm conscious of myself doing it. So I've developed from doing that. I've learned from that. And if I had done that course, no one would have ever told me. And it's also something that I will be demonstrating to my learners subconsciously. So it's yes. it, it can only be beneficial. And then basically you what you're saying is I'm saying to people that I think you should develop your profession and you should develop your skills and expecting people to not like you saying that. And I think that the people that don't like you saying that, that says more about them than it does about you saying it. And we had a conversation recently about this podcast about, and not just this podcast, but I suppose the industry, about – people not listening or people not watching and there's that core group who we're not hitting and we're never gonna because the, there's a certain group and they won't listen to this. I, I say all the time on the show, people will be shouting at me. Very few people shout at me because the people that disagree with the principles I've got, I'm going to listen to this show. They're just not, they're not going to look and, and go, Oh, uh, ticking the queer box, the DITC. Yeah. I'm going to go and develop my allyship. They're not going to look at the episode with Bob Morton uh, and go, yeah, I want to grow my coaching skills. They're going to go, I don't need to coach. I've been doing this for 20 years. What's all this gay stuff? You know, they're not, they they don't care. And they won't listen to this. And when they do listen to it, they'll think I'm criticising them for that. And there was absolutely no criticism there. What I stated was, fact, it was stating the things that are happening. So the the group that I'm, I'm on my soapbox again now. (laughs) The group that I'm targeting (laughs) It's the curious ones, the group that I've always been in. I've never been completely in that, that stubborn mindset of it has to be this way. I was in the mindset of I'm doing it this way. What's going on over there? That's a bit scary. I don't want to do that. And then it's taken me ages to get there. But that's who I'm targeting, those curious ones. And I think that's who we need to target. We will never, ever have 40,000 ADIs listening to this podcast, not just because they all don't listen to podcasts, but because there's going to be a percentage that don't care. Yeah. And, and I think that's, when you say an unpopular opinion, I think it's those voices are often the loudest. I think that's part of the problem.
0: I, I think also doing it every year will mean the people who go, oh, my God, it's a standards check, you know, and, and, and it's nerves that cause the problem. Actually, if you start making it a yearly thing and it's expected, for me, that's the worst bit, is when's it going to be next? When's my next one going to come through? Um, You know, mine is now connected to a badge because I'm audit and I, you know, I I know that it's more likely to be regular. There's COVID issues and all the rest of it. But it's more likely because of that going to be a regular thing because they're governing that in in that particular way. And it's a voluntary badge to have. Um, So, you know, it, it is much more likely to be to be regular. I know they're working towards that with Standards Check, and then you know they must have been throwing their hands up in the air and went, you know, COVID got in the way. Um, but we can only use that for so long. You know, let's get something in place, and maybe you know, uh, in in my my crystal ball version of the industry, where possibly we move more towards privatisation of maximum standards, um, maybe. We can get the DVSA to go. Okay, those instructors that are ticking, let's say the DITC annual um, stages of, of, of maintaining standards and maximising standards, they don't need to. It would be an alternative to it. Wouldn't that be kind of awesome? If if they, you know, if they said, "All right, you, you're doing that. You're doing it well. You've, you, you're punching well above the weight of the standards check." um you know as long as you use an examiner for the standards check quarter of, of those four years you can do you can do the others yeah. bring it on bring it but, on but that might be asking too much well
1: we never know we don't know if we don't do it that's a problem yeah, um
0: hopefully.
1: but you mentioned standard checks again we've mentioned cpd again so i'll just and you mentioned this previously tell us a little bit about the the YouTube video we've done with uh, Bob Morton and I was going to say Floyd Mayweather it wasn't Floyd Mayweather <laughs> it was Howard Floyd <laughs>
0: um yeah it, bob bob's idea um he like like all of us that have anything to do with PDI training um standards check training you know etc gets asked the same questions all the time um and some of them are based on myth some of them are based on misinterpretation and misunderstanding and some of them are based on um, instructors who are panicking about the fact that they've got a standard looming and they want to get it right because there aren't many professions in which, you know, you, you lose your job if you get it wrong three times. Um, on that note, please don't get it wrong three times. I would say... Get training before the first one, even if it is just. I, I've i done it a few times in the last couple of weeks. In an hour of just breaking down that sheet, um, you can totally change people's approach. And you can find the flaws in it. And, you know, I, I know Bob, um, Lou Walsh, uh, myself, uh, the, the tri-coaching team, because there's a, a bunch of them that do it, can all have that conversation quite happily. And, and just go, look, we know where you're most likely to trip because these these are the things that everybody trips on. So And this is how it works. And it doesn't matter what you deliver as long as you deliver it in, and, and tick those boxes on the way. Um, so get the training first. But if you fail the first one, get the bloody training. Don't go, I, I know what I did wrong. What would you be saying to your pupil? Who's failed a driving test? And says, "But I don't need lessons. I'm just going to go and take the test because I know what I did wrong." You wouldn't. You wouldn't let them do that. So don't for yourself. However, so Bob got in touch and can I just, can I just yeah, interrupt
1: don't. there because I just want to make a point on what you just said about that before you tell us about the the show itself. Um, I had a guest on series one of the show. He's actually coming back for series two. Robin Bates, and he just made a he said it better than I'm about to. But he said, if you fail three times, you must be pretty shit. So don't be shit. And I thought that, yeah. that just really summed up for me. It's like, yeah, if you cannot pass a standards check, and I'm including myself in this. This isn't slight on anyone. It's aimed at me when I say this. If I cannot pass a standard check within three attempts, I do not deserve to pass a standard check. There isn't an examiner that's gone three times. I've got a vendetta against this person. I'm going to fail them. There's nothing like that. I am not up to the standard that they expect of me. I might be up to my standard. I might want to do something completely different to that standards check, but I need to do that standards check. That's the criteria that's in place, and I need to be up to that. And and Like you said, train before, the the one caveat that I would put on that slightly is I know full well that – I should phrase that differently. I know what I'm like. If I were to fail the first two, there's a strong chance I'm balls. Not that third one because my ass is going. (laughs) I think there's a slight caveat there, but yeah, in principle, don't be shit.
0: But then you need, like we would say to our, this is the thing that frustrates me. If you can uh, dissociate the in the instructor from the standards check and say, right, forget that. You're talking to a pupil who has said. You know, I've got this test coming up, and and that's my the end of my theory and everything. We know that that person's got to be punching twenty five percent above because they're going to drop it on the day. Yeah, and 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 that's the same thing. So don't let it get to the third one. Get it right the first time because it's an awesome set of criteria. Um, it makes absolute sense once you understand it. If you don't, and if you're getting it wrong. There's probably something that where your belief doesn't match with what the DVSA are looking for inside of that criteria. And actually, it's not the DVSA. It's the people who understand education that the DVSA got in to create it in the first place. It was created for them by people who looked at it not as a learn-to-drive experience, but as an educational experience, which is what it should be. So, you know, it makes perfect sense once you understand it. Unfortunately, we have a habit of, of putting in silly things like, uh, as, as a, a a comparison, you must apply the handbrake at a stop line. No, you don't need to. No, you don't have to. What you have to do is stop. What a brilliant way to make sure that someone's come to a stop by putting in a, a, a thing of saying and put the handbrake. Because you won't go anywhere if you've got your handbrake on. You've solved the problem. But it then becomes you know that you're doing it because of um and and at risk of, of running it as tangent which I, I know Terry you hate um tangents and things but they did an <laughs> amazing study on monkeys um in a cage where they electrified the top of the stairs and if they if, if the monkeys went on the stairs they got electrocuted there was food at the top of the stairs and then they started switching through generations of monkeys in the experiment um so because the monkeys learnt, when a new monkey went to go on the stairs, they beat the new monkey up. But then they got to the point where no monkeys had been electrocuted. They just knew that if a monkey was gonna go and touch those stairs, you beat it up. And that's where we end up at. And we're really good at that as instructors, of going, it's because of something that I've invented or another instructor's invented and given to me, and I've never questioned why, because it makes sense. And unfortunately, that causes problems because you end up part of the the you know the problem, rather than going actually, what do we really need to be achieving here? And this is where we go, you know, well, it's because we've always done it that way. So that's that's what what Bob wanted to address was um, some of the questions that come up, some of the the common errors that people make and misconceptions that they have. So he reached out to myself uh for reasons known only to Bob um and to to Howard and I'm sure Howard would say the same. Um and then we started recording this um you know YouTube video. Um and uh I never know what to call them. It's not a show is it? But we were starting recording the 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 article. Um and we, we all suddenly went, well if we don't agree Um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing but what if we really don't agree and can't come to a a consensus because we're trying to give people the answer um and what was awesome was the three of us that have crossed paths but never worked together all had the same perception because we've all worked with that sc1 standards check form um same as the part three form We've worked with that enough that we've figured it out. We've seen people's mistakes. We've had conversations with examiners. We we know what they're looking for. And it is not complicated. It is just about getting it right. And you could assess teaching somebody to make a cup of tea on the same sheet and make it work. So if you're getting it right, go and teach the lesson that you always teach. But if your lesson that you always teach doesn't match what that form's looking for, which is a good lesson forget the standards check you should be changing it anyway because I genuinely believe in all of those criteria even down to which is a bit of a myth you know the fact you have to mention your dual controls Mm -hmm. yeah watch it and you'll see that discussion but actually I brought in asking about dual controls because of it being spoken about so much and it it was amazing to see the change in what dual controls mean during that learn to drive journey that a new people will be they they are safety they are what you're there for they are there to keep them safe because they're worried about crashing through to i'm about to take my test and that will be you bursting my whole world because you've shown i'm not ready because you've had to jump in and you've you know correctly but you've had to jump in and you've had to use them and what they mean to that person changes over time and and i find that really interesting really telling and and it's not a straight line you know we bring in a new tool uh, a new uh, sorry a new scenario a new platform to work on and it might be they go right i want your help and if you get that balancing act right you'll get a pupil who is willing to say to you all right i know i need to focus on this so you, can you do the other bit for me and pick up the slack? That's a lesson. That's teaching. That's support. That's what we do. That is inside that sheet. So that's the YouTube video.
1: Um, I love that. Um, I've never looked at it that way before with the dual controls going from one extreme to the other. Um, I'm going to steal that and say it to my students and pretend I've coined it. Um, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> That, that video is available now. I've got it scheduled to watch on Saturday. Um, you can find that on YouTube. but I will post uh, a link in the show notes in, in case this is where somebody coming across it, so you can find it there. I have to say, my, I've got to be honest, my biggest takeaway from that now is now feel sorry for the monkeys. It's, it's...
0: <laughs> yes. We, you know, um, yeah, sorry. I, I <laughs> know, it, it's not necessarily the most politically correct of experiments, um, but we've learned from it and um clearly planet of the apes um <laughs> you know there, there is a risk that that it, the tables will be turned one day um so yeah we'll see
1: we've we've spoke a lot there about the the driving test and the backlog we mentioned the the, the different apps uh, and the problems they're causing how we put our suggestions on how to solve them we've spoke about our opinions on cpd we've, we've touched on the standards check i'm not I would consider myself not massively qualified enough to give myself a proper opinion on that, only having had one, even though I've done some stuff. But I think that we've covered a lot there. Is there anything else that you would like to speak about? Anything else that springs up news-wise or anything you'd like to get off your chest?
0: Um, The DVSA have taken uh, in-house the booking for the theory test, uh, which I think I'm right in saying was released on Monday, retracted on Tuesday, re-released late Tuesday, retracted on Wednesday. (laughs) I think it's up and running now. Um, there, there were some teething errors, shall we say, yeah. um, in, in it being a new system. Um, hopefully that's going to help. I don't, if I'm honest, understand how, um, uh, quite you know what that process is going to be. Um, I'd, I'd love to know just because I'm nosy like that and I like knowing these things. Um, but we're, 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 we'll take it on trust that that's going to be an option. Uh, for the instructors, you can register. You can get a hundred slots, and you can book theories for your pupils. Which, because I haven't managed to use it yet, because of the ups and downs of of trying to do so. Uh, and I believe you can do um, part one tests on there as well for anyone who's dealing with PDIs. Um, but I believe it's going to be like the OBS, the online booking system, which again I recommend everybody registers for. That if you've got two that you've booked, you can switch them over really easily. Mm. So if someone's not ready, someone needs to be moved, there's going to be the ability to to chop and change a little bit, which gives us a bit of control, also an additional selling point for how important we are in, in the process that we can be an asset to that process um which for a business perspective is great to go well we've got slightly different system and we can do this um that gives you a little bit more control as well and for me personally might lead to a little bit more of driving instructors being involved in the learning process of the theory um you know that is is my big drum that i'm beating at the moment i want to change the world on that front because we're rubbish at it um at Denmark is one that I know has, in 45-minute sessions, um, so they're not hours, but they have 16 uh, 45-minute sessions of practical that is uh, mandatory. Half of that, so eight 45-minute sessions, is on a track. Four lots wet, four lots dry. In contrast, 29 lots of 45-minute sessions of the theory is mandatory right their part their pass rate is around and it depends on the area you're in um but it's around the 70 percent mark we're on the other end of that at the 30 to 40 i think um it's so depressing i don't look at the figures um i just want them to be better so you know and they teach the psychology of it they teach the the choices that people make it's not just about what does the line mean but it's what does the line mean to you Um, when are you going to be most at risk and what factors and coping strategies can you put in which we do in the car but let's move it to theory Um, let's move it to actually having something where it's it's on a textbook it's in a workbook where we're bringing something in you know I'm I'm a big BTEC vocational kind of um, qualification fan I think we could do a lot more so um, yeah maybe maybe you know Getting instructors a little bit more focused on the theory is a good thing. So I'll, I'll throw that in as being, you know, way bigger than the news story, if you like. But I, I'd take take the time to get registered, uh, and you need to email the DVSA because you need a DAT code. I'm
1: not I um, aware what adapt code is? People will be surprised, and no, I agree with what you just said. Um, I, I, I do. What I concur. I mean, like I say, it's. This, I think it just needs to change. I think the test needs changing. I think the the one thing that the, the DVSA, or the, I don't know who will be in charge of this, so I presume the DVSA, um, mandatory reset of some kind of theory assessment every five years. It, it doesn't have to be a test, it could be done online somehow. I, again, I'm not more technological a person. I don't know how that could, could work. But that, because at the minute, the theory test is seen as a gateway to the driving test. You know, anyone that gets you into you know ninety percent of them don't want to learn the theory. They don't. They've no no interest in it. They want to pass the theory test. That's that's the the difference. And the only way you're going to change that mindset is by, in my opinion, making it mandatory that either it's mandatory you have to pass it every five years, whatever. Arbitrary number you want to put on it, or mandatory that we have to teach it slightly differently. Or, like you said, you go for that training. that doesn't have to be from yeah. the same instructor you learn to drive with. It could be a a specific school you go to to learn that, or whatever. That there's things that can be brought in there. But I also think it it does come from the top in terms of the instructors. I'm not the most um, interactive people person on Facebook groups because if I'm being honest, I can't be bothered with a lot of crap on there. It's not that I'm not willing to have a debate or not willing to put my opinion. I just think I can't be bothered with that right now. I've got more important stuff than go and debate with that <laughs> person. Um, but you'll know, and anyone listening will see this all the time, how often do you get students that will say, I don't want to help, I'll do it myself, and then they'll go and fail four or five times. Well, how often do we see people coming in as instructors doing that? Say, I don't want help in my part one, I'll pass it whether they pass it or not is irrelevant. They're coming in with that attitude of, I don't want to help, I'll pass it. But then they would expect the students to do different. And I think that that's telling.
0: But they get told that by the instructor. They We tell them, go and do the theory. Just get the app. It'll be fine. The app's revision, not learning. Let's teach. Yeah. Let's, let's educate. So they get told, go and do it why does the instructor learn that this is nature and nurture isn't it? It, it the instructor does that because that's how they were taught to become an instructor you do the part one on your own I sat yesterday with um, with, with a PDI I know name names coming. I haven't asked if I can um uh, but they used to be a Coast Guard and I, I, I um I you know I, I was sat, we were going through theory questions but we weren't focused on the question we were going okay this is the world that question lives in it might be about motorways it might be about first aid uh you know totally random bits and if you haven't sat an ADI part one um sit one um because I there's a few I struggled with um and I'm learning as I go as well which is brilliant for me but I I recommend everybody does it um just just sit it and, and go through those questions and that learning that happens around that question means that when on the actual test they get asked a different question in the same world they'll be able to answer that question but if they've only learned the stuff on the you know the answers to the questions they've been given how are they going to pass and like you just said the uh, I, I get them getting in touch now so i've failed 12 times <laughs> The second I say I charge money for my services, and actually I'll give a lot away for free, but uh, you know I charge money for my services, oh no, I've got to do it on my own. All right, You've tried that 12 times, it hasn't worked yet. Um, what makes you think it's going to be different? Because there's clearly a problem. Let's spend an hour of quality time addressing the problem. And then, like your guy with the practical, you might have given them enough that actually they can go and do it on their own. Mm. And I fully support them doing it on their own. Yeah. But let's diagnose the problem first and let's, let's look at it in a, in a way that, that try tries to find an answer to the, you know, or, or a coping strategy. The first thing I teach when I'm teaching theory is how to cheat, <coughs> which I'm now calling hacks rather than cheats. Yeah. Cause um, people don't like you know the saying that you're going to cheat, but it's not, it's cheating. It's absolutely cheating. It's knowing how to answer the question without understanding the question now the purpose of the theory test is that you understand the theory so if you're doing anything but understanding the theory you're cheating yeah um but you know yeah hacks is is apparently the the modern um acceptable uh and you know word for it so we'll go with that uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's a, it's a massive subject, and, and it's a, a soapbox that both of us will share. Um, socially distanced currently, of course, um, but we you know, we will hopefully see some change on that because you know I've given up working in the car, so I can. Um, I, I'm stubborn like that. Uh, it's one of my driving factors um, of not being in the car is to be able to focus on the two things in my life of the DITC helping instructors um, developing things and moving the industry forwards. And with a bit of overlap in the middle, the theory and supporting learners um, in learning, because that's what they do and that's what they're there for, rather than revising and passing a test. Um, so, yeah, ho- hopefully there'll, there'll be some some change. I have got one, one other new- newsworthy bit if you uh, would would like to... Just, just before we touch that, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna
1: throw this out there that if you're listening to this podcast and you too would like to cheat the DVSA on the official driving test, contact Chris. <laughs> he will help you cheat. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and, and interestingly, it's the the things that I'm slowly getting putting together for other instructors to use. So you know that that secret arsenal of weapons um, is. I'm not planning for it to be secret. I'm I'm happy to to share them. Um, that thing, things like and this this again won't work because we're on a audio <laughs> podcast but I have these and I have two of them and if you look for one of these that's not going to work is it so I have I have a pair of which I'm holding up a uh, it's actually made of wood but I'm holding up a pair uh, as in the fruit um and it's one of the things to look for on the, on the theory test is look at those answers. If it says maximum speed, minimum, 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 if, if it says maximum speed, minimum speed, it's probably one of the two. Um, now, if you end up with two pairs, then all right, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, but it, it's little things like that that go, let's look at the question. Let, let's see exactly what they're looking for. Um, you know, remembering it's about you and they don't expect you to control other drivers. So if it's about controlling the other driver, it's probably the wrong answer. Um, it's just things like that and having yeah. the right mindset when you go into it.
1: So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I just had a flashback to when um, uh, I was getting the car ready for leaving lockdown and realised I'd left a pair in the boot and that was no longer a pair. <laughs> it was liquid. But anyway, um, all right, so what, what was the final piece of news you wanted to mention?
0: Uh, there, there is a plan um there there is a uh planned change i think there's uh, there's a few plan changes going on of which some are more official than others um the b plus e category they are talking about removing so stopping doing b plus e tests so that you will just be able to tow now you know Laying interests on the table. Uh, My driving school provides B plus E training. Um, So we're not very keen on that idea. But I also do the social media for the driving school. And what I regularly get popping up from DVLA, DVSA social media is that people don't know how to tow trailers, they don't know how to maintain trailers, and that a huge percentage of trailers on the road are dangerous. Yet we're going to get rid of the test. Um it's going to damage instructors who've, who've had enough of a kick in over the last year or so amongst lots of other people. But you know, why damage the businesses where we've managed to diversify to help, you know, to to help see us through times? Um, and it's going to damage road safety. I think it's madness. And, you know, I'm I'm not one to necessarily jump one side of the fence or the other. I will happily consider things. But I it's not a good idea. Um having uh, taken and failed a trailer test uh long story behind that one and i'm going to retake it i don't do the training just before anyone gets in touch <laughs> i passed after 97 i know i can't can't tow uh and the failed test proves i can't tow um uh, it was, a, it, was a, it was a it was a um uh, an operational issue rather than necessarily a driving issue but um Yeah, you know, I I think it's it's absolute madness. So that's one to keep an eye on. And if you are involved in that side of things at all, write to your MP, write to the DVSA. You know, let's make some noise about it. Let's provide solutions, not just objections. It's not because I don't like the idea. It's because I genuinely think there's a risk. And, you know, let's try and find alternatives, like maybe instructors having credibility enough to sign off and, and, and have it you know, certified via, via the, the process. Um, and if you need to, we'll put in different qualifications to get people there. That's fine. Uh, but yes, so that, that's one of the, the, the licensing things. Um, definitely something to have a look at. And I am no B plus E expert. That's why I have Ian for. So if anyone wants to ask questions about B plus E, um, contact Ian Brett, available via... Uh, the DITC or via Facebook Um, and he will happily answer those questions because he will know the answers to them whereas I will say ask him but then there's one change which I I think uh, both Terry and myself will be keen on they are considering removing gender from driving licenses Um, because it's not really relevant so you know let's let's take that away so that's being looked at Um, and they are also looking at the situation when it comes to automatic and manual licenses, because obviously the world is changing. Um, so, you know, whether as I think they will go to, um, just having a test and then being able to drive either, I think that's the logical move. It happens around the world um and i don't think people are going to go and drive a manual without being able to enough to cause a you know a threat to people um they're going to go and practice in a car park first
1: right yeah some interesting stuff there in that's my favorite word interesting um the the stuff about moving Jenny from licenses to me, that don't even need a debate. It's almost irrelevant. You know, there's no benefit to it really. Um, it's not doing any harm taking it away the the uh, the automatic manual license idea. Um, I can understand why people may have concerns about that, and I do think there's a, a need for a discussion on that. I've never taught automatic. I only drove an automatic once, um, so I'm probably not the best position to to actually give an opinion on that. Um, However, I would be more inclined not to be bothered. I think that it would be sensible. I think, in all honesty, I do think that most people are sensible enough that if they're learning an automatic, then for some reason wanted a manual, they would say, can I have a lesson? I'd be more inclined to say, can I have a lesson, if they didn't need a test. I think that that would be... um, Again, not everyone, but I think that that will be the way a large proportion people would go. Regarding the, the the trailer thing, I think the only thing I can say on that is, from a personal standpoint, I wouldn't want to tow a trailer having never been tra- trained to tow a trailer. I, I don't like that idea. Let's just take this out and see what happens on this motorway. This will be fine, you know. What's what's a side wind?
0: It yeah, they're fine driving them forwards. It's once you try to reverse <laughs> and you have to steer the wrong way and. my head just melts um but i can do it i was doing it on sunday off road in a car park secure area we were doing under 17s um and i can get by um but yeah it's like everything it's practice skills now you know if i can get into that car and i can manage to reverse it it's very similar to someone going from an auto to a manual and going do you know what all right i just need a bit of practice Um, maybe. All of those factors outside of the, the, the gender and licenses, all of those factors will lead to better recognition of driving instructors as support and training on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's what we're working to. Do.
1: And let's pretend so, and give the DBA some credit and pretend that's what they're aiming for. You know?
0: Yeah, no. And, and, and therefore, let's merrily hold their hand and, and skip along the way with them. And, and you know, if they don't, if they suddenly stop, like, you know, when you're taking a dog to the vets and they get to the door and dig their heels in, um, then we we as an industry and we as the DITC, um, uh, you know, providing a platform, can help shout that message out. Yeah, Because actually, if the public see that, we don't need the DBSA um, and we we welcome them, you know. That's brilliant because that that adds some authority to it um, in the public eye. But actually, you know, if, if they do something that then means we can stand, you know, proudly and say we deliver training for that. Um, you know, you, you you don't need lessons to go and play guitar. But
1: I've I've got so a guitar over know. there that might disagree because <laughs> it don't go well when I try. <laughs> you
0: you need to learn to play the guitar. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, you know, there is no test at the end of yeah. that. It's just whether or not you destroy other people's eardrums. Yeah, um, and whether it sounds any good. But but people choose to have lessons. They very rarely go. I'm just going to get a guitar and sit there. And f-. now whether they do that on YouTube, whether they do that face to face, whether you know whether they do it from a book. There's lots of options. I've I'm yet to find someone who's picked up a guitar unless they play something else. If there's transferable skills then that makes sense but yet to find someone who's just picked one up and gone i don't know what it is but i'm going to figure it out and work it through Uh, following the monkey theme apparently that's the difference between a gorilla and an orangutan that if you give a gorilla a camera it'll take the camera apart if you give an orangutan a camera it will take the camera apart put it back together and figure out how it works
1: on that note (laughs) (laughs) Um, that seems like a very apt place to leave this Um, I haven't told you I'm going to do this because I forgot but at the end of every podcast I'm recording for season 2 I'm asking some quick fire questions Um, so I thought well let's ask them to Chris and they are quick fire questions some of them can even be answered with one word
0: you know me better than that short answers short
1: answers yes Um, okay uh, yeah, we'll try and keep these swift as, as a little bit of light entertainment. So, first of all, dog or cat? Dog. Good answer. Favourite book of all time?
0: Oh, um, uh, oh so many. The the chip the Paradox is awesome. No, the inner game of tennis.
1: Would you ever consider going vegan?
0: Oh, I like me. No.
1: Okay.
0: Yes. Possibly, I'd consider it. I
1: consider, consider it. yes. Not would you go? Would you consider it?
0: Okay,
1: consider, yes. Favorite film? Oh, uh,
0: gone in sixty seconds.
1: Gone in sixty seconds. Favorite film? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Okay, I didn't see that one coming. Um, what do you call your <laughs> customers? Is it customer, students, pupils, learners,
0: drivers, uh, drivers? When I was in the car, when I was in the car, drivers. Yes. Uh, on the theory, I I don't think I've got a name yet. I just call them their name.
1: What is your proudest achievement to date?
0: Oh, and, and we're not allowed to say my kids. And
1: you are, unfortunately, that's what most people are no, saying. No.
0: <laughs> no, wouldn't no no no. I, I'm I'm outlawing that because obviously I don't want to get beaten up when I go home. My <laughs> my proudest achievement to date. Oh. Oh, God. Um, uh, I don't know. There's so many things that I've done that, that are, like have meant a lot to me, so many things that other people remembered me for. Um, right,
1: one of I, your proudest, I, proudest. achievements, it? I
0: mm, Proudest? What do I... It, I'm going to go with lockdown. I'm, I'm going to go with the fact that um, I've managed to help thousands of instructors with stuff in lockdown and uh, there wasn't a motivation behind that except for that I feel like I'm part of a community so it's something that I'm is really important to me so I'm I'm gonna say all of the stuff because it was little things so just having a chat um during that period of time where I could have sat in the garden and played with the kids more and I, I actually feel bad about that um yeah they, they were still entertained it was <laughs> fine but I yeah being able to do that stuff um when i look back of all the things that i feel proud of i'm, I'm gonna that time that i spent with instructors um helping with filling in forms and and having a chat and then
1: last one uh tell me one goal you've got left that you'd like to achieve
0: oh we're going to change the industry
1: keep it That's small it. then
0: <laughs> no yeah, i like why, that why 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 ever pick a you know this is why i don't like smart goals I hate smart goals. Shoot for the stars because you will achieve stuff on the way.
1: I said that to someone the other day about the the um the realistic in smart goals. I don't mind achievable, I kind of get that. Yeah. but realistic, well, oh, you know, two years ago, one realistic kind of a podcast. You know, in my head it wasn't. So I think yeah. what what I do is smat smack goals. SMAT goals. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm stealing that one. <laughs> Not if I get this podcast out first.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: okay, so, um, yeah, so we'll wrap that up. Uh, the best place we put to find you, I'm guessing, is still just a DITC.
0: Yeah, the, start with the DITC website. Uh, and if not, if you're on Facebook, catch catch up with me on there. Yeah.
1: All the links will be in the show notes. As I mentioned at the start of this show, um, going forward, these episodes will be uh, available via Patreon. Chris will be joining us probably every two weeks maybe we might have in one week, one month we might have in three weeks The next but you'll be joining us I'm going to say regularly to bring us up today with the news I'm going to be massively intrigued to see if any of the other shows do go on for as long as these ones <laughs> but either way <laughs> um, thanks joining is there any message you want to leave us with before we disappear?
0: Oh, I'll be awesome
1: I, I will settle for be awesome thanks for joining us today Chris uh, and we'll speak to you again soon
0: been a pleasure the instructor podcast with terry cook talking with leaders innovators experts and in game changers about what drives them
1: so I, I passed in i don't know it must have been 2016 i passed in i could be getting my ears mixed up here, i can't remember but it, i passed the old style part three and then five months later i got invited to my standards check which was uh, the new style standards check and so I've gone from like the old style to the new style with no training in between. Because my logic, yeah. logical brain went, well, I'm going to take a year just to settle down, then I'm going to go back for more training. Um, so I didn't do brilliantly on that standard track. I, I got a B and I got quite a low B to be honest. So I've been working on that since. But the reason I'm saying this is because the the, the lady that passed me gave me the worst pass ever, in that she said to me, on this occasion, you haven't failed. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> That you don't say that because I I just heard the word fail. So she's giving me this talking on, and and I'm like, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Have I passed? She went, Yeah, I said that. No, he didn't say I passed. He said I hadn't failed. (laughs) I just heard you say fail.